0: This is an ABC podcast. I'm pretty sure,
1: I'm pretty sure that there's a fucking spider
0: there somewhere. Oh, where is it? If you've gone into my bag, I swear to God. Welcome to owning a car in Australia. I'm Ann Jones, and this is What the Duck. And that was TikTok user Soy Cap with One confronting an unauthorized hitchhiker in her car. It was a spider, a big one. We get all kinds of emails to What the Duck at abc.net.au, and we love them all, so keep them coming. But this foray into the spider version of Pimp My Ride is all due to this email from Misha.
1: Hi, Anne. Love your show. My name is Misha Carbo. I'm a science teacher in Melbourne. I've been wondering about the spiders that always live in my car's side mirrors. Any car I have ever had had spiders living in the mirrors.
0: What the duck? Excellent question. What are those spiders, and what are they doing in our car mirrors? In seeking an answer for you, Misha, I drove my own car deep underground into the car parks of the Melbourne Museum. So how would you approach identifying a spider that lives in a car?
1: Well, the first thing i do is i divide the car into habitats, because habitats are what define where species occur on that.
0: Dr Ken Walker is the Senior Curator of Entomology at the Melbourne Museum.
1: So let's think about a car. And the first thing is we think about the outside, the polished surfaces of the car. You're probably not going to find a spider or anything anything there because it's so wind there's nothing for them to hang on to. So that's no good. And then if you think underneath the car or at the wheel arches, there's lots of debris hitting up and things hitting there. So again, not a great place. But on the outside of the car, on the side mirrors, to enable the mirror to be able to move, there's actually a hollow at the back and there's a little crack that goes all around, and that's a great place where spiders can get in. So that's our first good habitat.
0: Yep, behind the mirror on the side of your car, there's a sort of little mechanical arm that allows you to change the angle and tilt and tip the mirror. And in fact, there's all of these nooks and crannies in there that make it perfect for a spider. What would you be able to deduce about the spider species that might decide to live in the mirror area.
1: The spider species there likes to be able to go into a crevice and have its web at the front and it's catching insects that are going around or coming there. So. It's not going to be a large web spinning spiders. We have large orb weaving spiders. It can't do that.
0: So it isn't the golden or the garden orb weaver. It's not the St Andrew's cross, the jewel spider or any of the tent spiders.
1: So it's got to have a kind of a scruffy web that's irregular in shape and kind of rounded on that. Now, there's only one spider that does that and it's called the black house spider.
0: But it's in the car, not the house.
1: And if you look in your own house, particularly at the windows, down in any of the corners, you'll often find an irregular, scruffy-looking web. It often has one or two holes that go back into it. Indeed, it was originally called the funnel web spider because of these holes, but it's quite different to a funnel web.
0: Okay, wait a minute. I think I know exactly what Ken is talking about. Because on the outside, thankfully... Of my bedroom window I can see a very messy web and I've been interested in this one in particular because I can see the architect and resident of the web through the glass. I think she's a black house spider and she's pretty beefy and she's got her legs all tucked in because it's a nice cold day. She definitely has that don't mess with me I'm a black spider vibe that anyone who's been trained to avoid white tails will be able to identify. So It could be one of these that's living behind the side mirrors of your car.
1: It's a spider that likes to secrete itself and have a little web at the front, quite scruffy, and then it sits there and it has little vibration trip lines and when something touches it, it feels the vibrations and then out it runs and grabs it. So it's just the black house spider that makes these webs on that back of the side mirror.
0: So can you describe what the black house spider looks like? Sure.
1: It's black. <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> Nailed it. It's black. It's a spider about up to two centimetres in length. The abdomen can have some little white, yellow flecks on it, but really, it's just a black spider. The interesting thing is, the black house spiders, are the favourite food of the white tail spider, is the black house spider. <laughs> so it actually goes along to the front of the web and it strums. The web which then entices the black house spider to come out and it attacks it and eats it.
0: It's a spider-eat-spider world out there.
1: But the black house spider is a classic spider for that scruffy web that goes all around the uh, outer edges of the mirror.
0: The web is scruffy because apparently they like to build their lair in layers, new over old, as opposed to some of the other web-building spiders which literally take their web down and eat it every single night and then rebuild it the next evening. The black house spider can be a pretty common spider to come across, but is it dangerous to humans?
1: That's an interesting question. Most spiders produce a venom.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And that venom can do two things. You may have an allergy to it, But think about the way that spiders eat. They haven't got mandibles, they haven't got jaws like us, they've got fangs. And the way that they they kill their prey and then they inject the venom actually begins to break down tissue. And they can actually bring up their stomach contents to kind of break it down. Because what they've got to do is eat their prey like a soup. Now bacteria can often be coated on the fangs. So that's why we recommend you wash any wound with soapy water. The only two spiders whose venom can affect us, of course, is the redback. And, and the Sydney frontal web. All other spiders, in theory, cause us no problems. Mm. But in saying that, any time you inject something of a foreign substance, you never quite know how it's going to be.
0: So there you go. The spiders that live tucked in behind your car mirror are likely to be the black house spider, hereby renamed by me to be the black car spider. But they're not the only ones that might be catching a ride on your car. So on our little tour of the car, we move from the mirror and we move around to the front, pop the hood, lift it up. Lift up. Inside, we've got...
1: Lots of spaces, lots of cracks, lots of crevices and that.
0: Yeah, and it gets warm occasionally.
1: Gets hot at the front.
0: So would you expect to see a spider living in that?
1: Probably the only spider that you'd find underneath the bonnet and at the back is the redback.
0: Oh, geez, it's one of the ones that Ken just mentioned, whose venom can harm a human. Perfect. I mean, I've heard the urban myth about the redback on the toilet seat, but the redback hiding in the chimera engine?
1: The redback makes a spindly web, but what it likes to do is to put single strands down to a surface. And then as something walks across and hits one of these strands, which have got little gluey bits on the end, the strand dislodges from the substrate and because it's taut it suddenly lifts the prey off the ground and then the redback spider can come down and pull it up and then um, encase it and bite it on that. So they like to have something where they can hang down and then a substrate beneath them where they can put these single strands that go down as the catching webs. So they need a quiet place and the back of an engine block is a wonderful place there.
0: I mean, how does it find its way in there, though, into the back of the Datsun engine underneath the bonnet where it's just the right temperature?
1: Have you heard of the technique called ballooning?
0: No, it's not hot air ballooning, you lot. And you're probably going to feel a lot less jolly when you find out what it actually is.
1: Spiders, particularly uh, web-living spiders, they've got elongate legs with often quite large bodies or large abdomen. They're not designed to walk on the ground. So... One of the things that an adult needs to do is to mate, reproduce and disperse. Well, spiders can't disperse. They can't travel kilometres physically, but the spiderlings can come out and then they let a little bit of silk that goes into the air that's lighter than air. And then they get picked up by the morning thermals and they can be travelled hundreds of kilometres. In fact, they get up into the streams and they kind of go around the world sometimes.
0: Their inability to walk long distances and their lack of wings is not going to stop them from flying. Spiders can do this in such numbers that they make clouds in the sky, and airplane pilots complain about their guts smashing on the windscreens. But the question remains, how do you go from ballooning across the landscape on a light summer breeze to crawling inside the Tirana engine bay?
1: So you think about a car, there's lots of air underneath, movements around on that, and the wind will just take them up. So yeah, they get physically transported by wind into these places. But of course, inside under the bonnet is a relatively secure area. And so instead of being brushed away, it basically circulates inside of that. Mm. But I'd say because of the warmth of the engine, that's why they move to the back, to the kind of block at the back there and then they can put their web on that and then go on down to parts of there. So the wind disperses them and that's how they probably get into uh, into the car.
0: When we continue around. Yep, the car. We continue around the car, we put the we put the bonnet yep, down yep. and say we open up the door and get into the driver's seat. Now, I'm sure you've seen some of those videos. Perhaps you've experienced it yourself. <laughs>
1: I haven't but my wife has <laughs> I'll never forget I saw my wife's car come racing into the driveway jumped out of the car <laughs> there's a huntsman, there's a huntsman, there's a huntsman and, uh, and I said don't worry, it'll probably leave You know, within a couple of days, six weeks later <laughs> she said and you're an entomologist <laughs> so that's the other one that you'll quite often find inside the car is a huntsman spider
0: Yep, a huntsman spider can be as big as the palm of your hand and TikToker Brunda experienced one first hand. What the <coughs> Oh, fuck,
2: what do I do? I'm going to crash this car.
0: I mean, the reaction is always funny, but they really do bring out a panic response and it can end up being dangerous if you're on a highway and a huntsie decides that now is the time to talk to you about its religion. Even if you're driving a boat on a river. A fatal shooting in Sydney's south. OK, a spider didn't do that. And two people remain in hospital after a spider caused them to crash their
2: it boat, boat a, on the water. The pair was tricked by and an, so an unlocked spider fast. that would come down from the roof of the boat. They were distracted by that and crashed into the bank.
0: And I think one of the reasons we get a fright with the huntsmen is because they're fast, incredibly fast, like just over a metre a second fast. And it's because they're hunters.
1: Huntsman spiders don't make a web, they like to roam around. But if you think about a huntsman spider, it's a very dorsoventrally ventrally flattened spider. And also, it's the only spider that's got a difference in the leg length. So the first two pair of legs are longer than the hind two pair of legs. And that's mainly because they live under bark. And so they're the only spider that can move sideways by just...
0: Wait, what? The huntsman is the only spider that can move sideways.
1: And so they're the only spider that can move sideways. Every other spider's got to turn in the direction (laughs) it's got to go. The huntsman with these differential leg lengths can just go go straight around on that. So huntsman spiders love being inside the car on that. (laughs)
0: I mean, it's the perfect place and the not perfect place all at the same time for them. They love lending in, slipping under bark. Yep. And when you think of the yep. visors, it's the perfect condition for a huntsy.
1: Something that's close and they can feel very secure, no. you know, underneath and that. So We
0: all just want to be hugged. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but don't forget also that, that spiders or invertebrates are cold-blooded. So they don't need like us three meals a day to be able to internally warm our body all the time. We need to be eating all the time just to fuel our body to create our own warmth. These things don't. So they sit and they wait for the ambient air temperature to warm them up. So their food requirements are far less than us. They can go for a whole month and be just sitting there without really needing to feed much on that.
0: The thing with spiders is they are very sensitive to vibrations. This is one of the ways that they feel their way through the environment. They feel their prey. So my initial alarm bell in my head when I thought about spiders living on my car was they must be the angriest spiders in the world. They must have a (laughs) headache, right? Because the car vibrates intensely and that must really irritate them.
1: Well, I'd say it does, but if um, if you've got a ringing sound or if you have something that you have going for a long time, your brain tends to obliterate it and just hmm. wipe it out. So initially you register it and then you can just put it in the background. So I think that they're able to just simply sit and accept it.
0: So what's the long-term outcome of having a spidey friend in your car?
1: <laughs> uh, I think the natural reaction is to freak out uh, and to be scared but if you can think about it it's not going to attack you even if it walks i mean huntsman spiders this might sound strange they have beautiful little feet that run (laughs) across you (laughs) it's almost like a tickle uh, that walks there and look you know the only time that they would attack you is if you were to cup them Mm. or grab them Mm. that they'll attack then It's very hard to say, it's easy for me to say, leave them alone, you know, they're okay, they're not going to hurt you on that. The reaction is to get startled and and to do something on that. But really, um, enjoy the symbiosis (laughs) between your car and your invertebrates.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. And I mean, over the weeks, what would you suspect might happen if you've got a huntsman in your car? Are they going to cark it in there? And die of old age. They probably will. Although
1: a huntsman can live for about two years. Oh, wow. Um, Blackhouse spiders tend to be more like six months, so they're kind of a bit shorter lived than that. I would suggest that a huntsman spider probably has the ability to find its way out. And if you think about inside the um, a car, it's a very stable environment. Um, we don't have lots of winds. We don't have rain. We don't have things and we don't have predators and that. So it probably feels quite comfortable. Sitting inside there. It feels safe, and particularly underneath the visor. It's got that lovely little kind of the cuddle uh, that we were talking about on that. And if it gets a feed from now and again, why leave? Uh,
0: it might be lonely though.
1: Well, there's a difference between males and females. When male spiders reach maturity, they stop feeding and they go and look for for a mate, whereas the female, when she reaches maturity, continues to eat because she has to provide protein for her eggs and that. So, quite often males are short-lived whereas females are long-lived. I'll give you a good example, tarantulas. Um, Tarantula, the female can live 20 years. The male lives for about five years. Um, The same as the Sydney funnel-web.
0: So, The spidey in your car might not just be visiting. It could live there for years happily. But what I've spotted mostly in my car trips are spider food, flies and mozzies, because, of course, you drag them into the car with you. And then sometimes there's a single black ant. Just one tromping across the passenger door, hitching a ride to God knows where. Sometimes I wonder what they must make of the reverberating car and what they must think when it becomes obvious that they're never going to make it home. I mean, how long are they going to roam around just searching?
2: So insects have a short lifespan usually. They live a few days, a few weeks at most. A few species can live a few months or a few years, but usually they are really short-lived. Ants are very unusual because they have a very long lifespan. So queens can live up to almost 30 years in some species, which is really amazing for an insect.
0: That's Laurent Keller, Professor of Biology at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland. He's been studying the lifespans of social insects, things like bees, termites, wasps and ants and is particularly interested in the ones that are eusocial. That means they've got a limited amount of reproductively active individuals, and there's a heap of others that live with them and contribute, like an ant colony.
2: And we found that the evolution of sociality has been accompanied by a hundred times increase in lifespan compared to solitary organisms. So being social is a very important factor which allows you to live longer.
0: So, if an ant does follow the kid sugar trail to the car, or perhaps it gets carried into the car accidentally on your pants, if it gets separated from the rest of its ant friends and it goes it alone, it's going to have a direct impact on its life expectancy.
2: They are highly social. Workers can also live quite long, more than one year uh, in many species, uh, which again is much more than a typical insect. But they need to be in a group and we did experiments and we showed that if you isolate ants, many of them will die within a few days. Even if you give them food, water, if they should be happy.
0: The ants should be happy, but they're not. Some sort of biological malaise overcomes the individual
2: ant. If they're alone, they're really stressed. They change their behaviour. Instead of staying in the nest, they start to go outside, they stay close to the wall, they walk more.
0: Oh, Lord, they go outside for long walks. What are they looking for?
2: They have the digestion, which is, uh, uh, doesn't work well. They are not able to absorb the food they are eating.
0: They get a sore tummy.
2: And it greatly decreases their lifespan. And many of them, it depends on their age and the colony. But many of them will die within a few days.
0: So a worker ant with a usual life expectancy of a year will die within days if it's separated from its colony, even if it has all the resources it needs to survive.
2: And it's really linked to high stress uh, that perturbs. The the metabolism is is perturbed, and uh, that's the reason they die quickly.
0: What if they manage to get back to their colony would they be able to turn it around and survive?
2: Yes, that would be quickly OK. So as soon as they will be back in their colony, uh, they will return to normal life and have a, a normal lifespan.
0: So hitchhiking for a solo ant can literally be a death sentence.
2: It's a direct effect of isolation which leads to a direct stress. And actually this is true also for other social organisms to some extent or so. For example, humans. Hello, COVID. If you isolate humans, it greatly increases the stress also. And you are more likely to have diseases, to have problems. Uh, and ants are more, even more social than humans. So it's even one higher level of stress associated with isolation.
0: All right, this is turning into a bit of a sad story. Let's focus on the science. Did you expect digestion to be involved?
2: No. I wouldn't have expected that. So really, greatly affected the lifespan of the workers, which were isolated. And because we saw they were eating, then we thought maybe it's, there's some problem with their digestion. And then we did studies of their the digestive system, and we saw that the food comes, but it stays much longer in the crop, and it, it's not processed well. And that's the reason uh, why, why they die, most likely.
0: Death by indigestion. But imagine trying to study stress in ants. I mean, how would you even track an individual?
2: We glue a cord bar on the ant and we take a picture twice a second. And so we can do it as in infrared. They cannot see infrared light, so they are very happy. And then we can have the exact position and orientation of every ant in the colony. And we can do it also when they are alone. So we know exactly how much they move, what they do, and we can do very precise analyses within the colony of the behaviour of all individuals and also of their interactions.
0: So, little barcodes on the ants so you could track what they were doing in the colony or when they were alone. Exactly. I can't stop thinking about the lone ant that I've seen in the car, walking across the dashboard, wandering uselessly and in need of an ant acid. Sorry. What was it like when you realised what it was actually happening to the individual ants?
2: Yeah, yeah it was sad, actually. <laughs> we found that really in another experiment where we needed to isolate ants and we didn't, we didn't thought it would occur. But in the literature, there was already some reports we found after that if you isolate ants and maybe bees or so, when they are alone, that they have a shorter lifespan. Now it's a molecular basis to understand really what's happening, what type of stress occurs in these ants and whether we can manipulate this stress, we can reduce it to make them living longer. And I think we, we've, we probably have some way to do it, actually, but this, this is still ongoing research.
0: So there is some hope for lonely ants in the future?
2: Hopefully. <laughs> Jeez.
0: A whole new meaning to the road toll. Thousands of ants who die in our cars every year of loneliness. So, science teacher Misha, I hope that that not only answers your question about who might be living in your car mirrors, but also shed some light on some of the other hitchhikers that might be in your car. And if you have a really what-the-duck question or comment, remember email us on whattheduck at abc.net.au. You know, like, your thoughts on whether there are more legs or more eyes on Earth. What the Duck is a production of ABC Science and ABC RN. I'm Dr Anne Jones and I produce What the Duck along with Patria Ladgrove, script editor is Joel Werner and most of this production is made on the land of the Wadawurrung and Kaurna people. And here's Jacob Fry negotiating with a huntsman that's trying to get a lift to the shops. Look at this guy trying to get a lift. Wait, get out of my car,
2: mate. Get out of my car, go on. Get. He's an absolute ripper. We just gotta, we just gotta get him away. Look at him go. He's
1: having a good time. Oh, don't get him my passenger door, you cheeky bugger.
2: Better get him, actually. There he is. What do you reckon, get
1: him
0: on my hand?